Thank you for tuning in to the Make It Make Sense podcast. I am your host, Tajay, here with... Teresa. Hey, y'all. Recording another segment today. We're going to, as we always do, try to make it make sense. Have a good little conversation, part two um, of our segment talking about mental health. There's also an awesome show that Tajay introduced me to. The name of that show? Chad Loves Michelle, which comes on OWN. Yeah. Um, It's just in this... Will be coming up on its third episode. Okay. So I recommended it to you because I think they touch on a lot of important um, topics that need to be discussed. And they're uncomfortable topics to discuss. Um, They talk about race. They talk about um, interracial dating. And they also talk about mental health uh, struggles, specifically with Black women. Yep. So, so Michelle, um, of course, with Destiny's Child and Chad is a pastor and he does a lot of work with NFL teams, which is really cool. It makes sense that they have a pastor that they can kind of pray with before games or after games yep. as well as on the field. And with the youth, he and does with a the lot youth, with youth. which is really, really great. Um, he apparently is from Colorado. So that's awesome. Keeping it local. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's from Dolores. I've never which heard is, of it. Sounds like Timbuktu, <laughs> like somewhere on the outskirts of the state, probably. Yeah, it's like. It's actually really close to Albuquerque. I mean, New Mexico. It's close to New Mexico. Okay, yeah, cool. it's on the, still, yeah, border, on the like, border, like between that makes sense. New Mexico and Utah. It's in South Colorado. Yeah, it's deep down there. Cool. So, yeah, that was interesting. So, if you guys didn't know, we're recording live from Denver, Colorado. Yeah. So, we were excited about that. But the 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 show was really good, and um, I first want to talk about the. Um, an experience of somebody who is African-American that suffers from mental health struggles. Like we were saying on our last episode, we all have some form of anxiety or some form of mental struggle. (laughs) I mean, I think stress is also just a mental struggle. Like it's things that we go through. Some just are more severe. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was saying to you last time that I talked to somebody I went to a therapist. The money situation was a little. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, love you, girl. Thanks for, you know, the consultation, but right. I got to go. So then I talked to another lady and she was saying that she does not feel like she would be a good fit for me um, because she doesn't specialize in anxiety okay. and that she highly recommended me to somebody else. So after that, I did feel a little discouraged because sure. I'm like, crap. I'm already on therapist number two, which you're like, okay, but it's not therapist number 10. (laughs) But it it was, and it was just like, you know what? I can do this myself. And then I went through a whole nother battle and I was like, I can't do this myself. She recommended me to somebody who is an African-American male and I didn't want a male. At first. At first. But you did say, go ahead, give him a try. And I I thought about it and I said, yeah. So I gave him a call. I actually spoke with him today and he was just telling me how he has 30 years of experience. He specialized in anxiety. Um, it would be a sounded like a good fit until he threw that number out. And I just can't afford but him. Did he take insurance? So let me finish up. Oh, man. So he goes, well, if you can't afford that, what can you afford? And I throw out my number. He goes, oh, yeah, no. Okay. And he said, I can go to this number. And I said, I can't afford that. And he was like, well, and I was like, I can't afford that. And I was just kind of discouraged at this point. Like, well, thanks for 
chatted up with me um, ago and he said, hey, you know, I really want to help, especially when my people come to me and they're looking mm. for help. So he was like, how about you call your insurance, ask them what it would be for like out of network and if maybe they'll reimburse you. He said, I've been trying to get on some networks um, with insurances. So I'm going to call and do follow up to see where I'm at on the list. And let's just kind of try to meet in the middle because he great. definitely wanted to help. And that just made me feel really good that it wasn't about the money. Because no. as soon as I told him I couldn't afford it, he could have just been like, all right, girl, right. good luck. Yeah, right. But he, I just love that he was taking those extra steps and was sure. like, no, if you need help. And I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know, but it was just a good feeling. For so, sure. Well, that's what matters. Exactly. So that's been my journey. Good. I'm still on it. I still haven't found a therapist. Hopefully (laughs) we can get this money situation together. But I was just like, this is crazy. I understand why people just give up on, even if they went out to get the help that they need. Right. It's easy to just like, never mind, because not only are you putting in the time, but it's also costly. It is. It is. And I'll just share on a separate tangent and won't provide names or the situation because it's not my business to share. But a good friend um, was searching for a therapist and literally was like, step one, I explained what we needed and they recommended um, healing with horses as the therapy. Like that's a thing for people, which is they go and they pet the horse and they talk to them. And that's part of the experience. But she was like, Honestly, like I was very specific (laughs) about what the hell I needed. And y'all replied back with, this is the option. So it's like, it's frustrating. She's like, I'm already frustrated. And I just started. And so it's like to that testament where the, it's good to have the spectrum of this gentleman that you spoke to today is clear about he wants to help and that he's going to do everything he can. But the, the industry also can do some work to make sure that when people are in that space and they're reaching out for help, that we make it easier to make the connection as quickly as possible so that it's not feeling like I done went through six or seven rounds before I found the right fit. And so again, this is through a particular company. And I think the company having used it myself was all over the damn place. So there is room for improvement, I think, on the opposite end, networks and the therapist and the industry to just make it easier, a little bit easier in healthcare in general. It shouldn't be as tough as it is. And it should be so much more affordable. And I was just thinking to myself, if I was in a dark place, I think this could have easily pushed me down in the pit further if I didn't call in a great state of mind. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point. It's just crazy to me. But yeah, you just realize that we got a lot of work to do. with. Just the supply with, and the demand, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, give us what we need if we're asking for it, you know, like, and again, exactly. people have found great work through therapy with horses. I'm not knocking that at all, but it needs to be appropriate. It doesn't, it, it's off target and you're like, what the hell? This is not at all what I need right even, now, you know? I'm sorry. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, and I'd have been pissed if somebody told me to go talk to a damn horse. <laughs> it just like, this shouldn't be the opener conversation. Like, right. Like, it's not out the gate. Like, I'd have think you were, come on now. You, you're joking. Right? right. Right. She, oh, sent me the screenshot. And I was like, oh, what, what, what is, what is happening here? It's like, I was asking for very basic support. So <laughs> it just was very confusing. Um, all of that said, let's talk a little bit more about Chad and Michelle. Yes. So, um, Michelle and Chad are recently engaged Mm -hmm. and they've been together about a year. He did a really beautiful proposal, went home, did all the work with the family. Um, PS to my fiance, who was trying to complain about how many people he had to talk to. Uh, he had talked to the whole troop. So there is that. (laughs) Um, and I think that they were together for about 
a year, which is great, and then decided to be get engaged. Since then, they've had a little bit of some bumps in the road as Michelle is dealing with um, her depression and for the first time has been public about that and did check herself into a rehab facility. I'm not sure how long she was there and decided to come out and um, after that be taking medication. So since then, her and Chad are trying to kind of reset where they are in their relationship. I do appreciate, though, that she's been open about it. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate her willingness to just kind of look in and figure out what's going on. Um, but one of their big hurdles is that she's constantly talking about how she's not good enough. And she's constantly taking the ring off because she feels this heavy burden of not being enough. And on Chad's side, that makes it even harder for him because he picked her. He wants her to be his wife, but it weighs a little bit on him because he feels like, you know, she's constantly like, I'm not enough. And he doesn't feel that way. It's, it's what she's projecting. So that can be hard dealing with, especially mental health issues is separating out what we experience and what we feel and trying not to push that onto the people around us. Absolutely. I feel like um, I haven't had a, an anxiety attack this bad in, in quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did feel like some type of weirdness, like my husband seeing a whole new side of me Mm. and he always got the strong, Latage, you know what I mean? Right. I've always been that, but to see me in my most vulnerable mm-hmm. and most broken place, it is hard because you're like, you just feel naked and right. there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And you're like, I hope you don't think I'm crazy. I hope you don't think, you know, I'm suicidal or anything like that. You know, like it wasn't like I sold you this. Right this person and now I'm somebody totally different. And then you, I also go through it with my kids of like, I just want to be good enough for them. You know what I mean? I want to be the best mom that I can be. And then I, they're, they're really, they really are great kids. And I just sometimes feel like I don't deserve them when I get in those dark Mm. places. Cause I feel like I'm weak and they don't deserve a weak mommy. Right. They deserve a strong mommy in a, a, a mom that doesn't live in fear. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I'm getting a handle on it. Cause I always say, I don't want you living in fear. I don't want you living in fear, but they are also going to go off of my actions and my energy and my vibe. And if my vibe is always scary and fearful and worrisome, then what do you think is going to happen? Right. So really quick here. Yes. I wanted to tell you the conversation that I had with my mom, which is Teresa's sister. Mm-hmm. I have been avoiding her while I've been in this depression. <laughs> Why? Can we commercial break really quick? Why? You feel like you need to avoid her? No, not like that. Because um, I. You feel like it would be extra weight and you don't. No, need not okay. even. My mom have been with me through all of my depressions and my battles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just don't want to disappoint her. Mm. Sometimes I feel like she's going through enough with sure. other things. Sure. And here I am. With I my, mean, and I, but she's my mom, and I know that sure. she, if she was kind of, ir- she wasn't irritated, but she was just like, why didn't you call me sooner? Like, right. you know, there was a year where I had to call you every day, and like, it was bad. <laughs> she, she had to call me every day for a year straight to tell me my five, she called them my five <laughs> no, words of it. It was crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know this was a thing. No, it was, and it was bad. 
And so she's like, let me just give you my, your five words of encouragement right Mm -hmm. now and let's go through it. But I thought it was interesting when I told her that I was going to seek professional help because Mm -hmm. I do feel like maybe I have, um, like I said last time, I don't want to call it an illness because I feel like I'm taken away from people who really need the extra help. Right. But I, I will say a disorder. We agreed on that. And she was like, no, you don't. And don't claim that. And don't put that in your head. And I was just so confused. And then I thought about it and I said, well, this is her daughter. Come, This might just be a little bit too much for her to hear right now. Because I would, I, I might, I might, if Roger came to me with that same, I'd have no. like, wait a minute. No, no, no. On a different level, I would understand because I'm there, but I've been like, wait a minute. Why have you diagnosed yourself? Why are you doing this? Let's back up just a little bit. And that's okay. where she was with it. She was like, no, like, don't just diagnose yourself. And I think she thought maybe I was having another anxiety moment where I'm right. diagnosing myself with right. all these crazy things. So then I go, well, mom, I think that. I really might have a problem, like, but I, it's a problem that I have recognized and a problem that I can resolve, not resolve, but like you said, I can get a handle on. And she goes, well, you're just like my mom. And I said, huh? And she said, my mom was a hypochondriac and she was like, and you do what she do. She would shut down and she was like, and it happens with her her twin sister. And she started naming all these people. And I said, well, mom, do you not think that I might have that gene? <laughs> right. And none of them got help. Exactly. And I said, that's where the difference with me is I'm talking about it. I'm acknowledging it. And right. I'm going to get the help. But if I don't do it, then what do you think? It probably might skip my kids and then go to my grandkids. Exactly. And it's just going to be a repeating cycle. So somebody got to get a handle on it and Agreed. let the next person who has it, because I'm sure I'm not going to be the last person in the family to go through this, right. to let them know that it's okay to talk about it. it it's okay to um, get help. Right. But one I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you because I had a lot of thoughts. But she came around. She said, Good. I think you definitely should go get help. Good. She said, go get the people that you think will help give you the tools and all that stuff. And she was like, I'm proud of you for doing that. And she also was like, but I also think you need to start journaling and writing. Writing is a passion. And she was just like, try those things. And she was like, but I, I think it was just hard for her to hear. Sure. She probably thought I was saying I'm crazy. And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. Mom. I'm not no. saying I'm crazy. I'm just no. saying that I you're have very a struggle. Much in your right mind. <laughs> you, you, you're very much there. Um, I'm glad it came full circle before I started talking crazy because <laughs> I feel very, very strongly that we all speak from our own truths. That is how we talk, right? It, it is, we're going to come from our own perspective, regardless of whether we think, oh, well, I could be more supportive, but I'm still going to tell you from my own piece. Now, as we both know the tales, I know the tale very much of my mom. And I wouldn't call my mom a hypochondriac. I definitely think she had some deep-rooted emotional issues. And I think every single child in the family, all of our aunts and uncles did because of the way that they were raised. And I'm not saying that they were raised poorly. I'm saying the timing in which they were raised, the, the life that they lived, what they had to come through as African-American people in that time. It's like, you're not, you're just wired differently based on how you were raised a very, very strict Christian home that didn't allow you to do step out of line even a little bit that does something to your psyche. Mom also left the house when she was 16 years old, never looked back. 
So those are things that help shape who a person is and how they live out in the world. And then she went buck wild because she lived in such a strict home. She went off the rails when she got out. So to me, it was, it would have been great if she did have somebody to talk to. And I think I'm proud again of both of you that it kind of came full circle because I truly believe these things are generational, just as you mentioned. And the only way to break a cycle is to figure out how we're going to do that to get the help and to get the work. And as supportive as we can be of each other, there's not a better person than a professional who has to get to know us because they can peel through the stuff that I already know. Like, I'm going to give you advice based on being in your life, your entire life. The professional is going to be able to say, let me look at you at a, on a different level and really be able to speak to you professionally a way that I would never be able to do. So I truly, truly believe in that. And I'm glad that that's where you guys ended up because I literally was about to be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> let me tell 15 other stories. Um, and again, I also think that it's a, it's a part of our culture and a part of our family in particular to nobody wants to talk about stuff. Like that's a thing in our family that people don't want to talk about the crazy shit that has gone on, that's happened, the history, how that's made an impact on this generation and generations to come. It's like, well, if we don't talk about it, we ain't gonna be able to fix it. So, but I think huge. we all still have a little bit of that in us. Absolutely. I know that. I mean, I know you and I for sure. When we will go radio silence in oh, a minute, no shut lie. it down. No lie. Mm. Agreed. And it was you and I talking about it, and Sonia Sassmouth, where I was like, "Yeah, no, that's not a good idea for me to do. <laughs> I should probably just say what I need to say and mm-hmm. feel it." And then I can be better, you know, right. it's, it's, you're absolutely right. But if I didn't have people close to me holding up the mirror, I wouldn't do the work. Right. Well, so I was talking to Janae today mm-hmm. and she was just saying that she had a dream that Jesus told her he was coming back and then mm. she woke up and there was a new song on her playlist or in her phone. It said, the Lord is coming and that, you know, she wrote this letter to God asking to get some guidance when he's coming back. And Mm -hmm. so she feels like things are happening and that, you know, she's getting these deep messages from God. And I legit almost cut her off. (laughs) My anxiety went through the roof. Okay. See, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not because I thought I told her, I said, that's dope. Like the relationship and the way that God is talking to you, I think is super dope it's a blessing nonetheless. And it's not that I was running, but I didn't want her to be like, and I feel like on my heart, I need to tell you, you oh, know, that yeah, I was just like, was like, don't, don't take it to the next. Yeah. Time. I almost I was you. like block <laughs> because I just came out of it. Right. And I was like, I cannot. No, I can't go back in. No, I feel you. It, it went That's nothing hilarious. like that. <laughs> oh, that's what you're calling this cousin. You're to be like, but that was just another example of how I was ready to like shut it down right right for no good reason because she's just telling me her that I'm so worried that for what again we feel it from our perspective we already like wait what yeah wait a minute huh (laughs) and God has a message for you like no he don't click I talked to God about (laughs) both times already (laughs) and he told me everything's fine so don't don't so that's come. the end of that. That is hilarious. <laughs> it was just so funny. And it never went there. She was like, okay. And she trying to change the subject. And I was like, I don't want her to think that she can't come talk to me about sure. these breakthroughs that she's having, especially in her spiritual, you know, journey. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I just 
I was just so disappointed in myself to be like, where's the block button? (laughs) (laughs) That defense mechanism went up real quick. That's also a good thing, though. It's like you're getting in protect mode, too, to be like, I can't be having the extra. I, I can handle this level because i was like i hope this isn't a way of you trying to ease something on me like (laughs) don't do that so i was just ready but i was like no this is legit just her having a great experience that she wanted to share and i was down for it and i don't want it to ever feel like i don't want to talk about god or anything that you know what i mean because i'm not running from anything right i just was like trigger trigger (laughs) wait a minute because i I don't like when people do that totally fair it's totally fair but I prayed on it good. and God put in my heart that all is good. All is good. That's all we can ask. But now going back to what we were discussing earlier, where mm-hmm. in our culture, when we're raised, um, we hear a lot about like, God don't like ugly God. Right. Don't. And I mean, of course we know these things, you know, right. do you think that played a role in, in some of our elders lives as far as them being such strict raised in such a Christian home in such a, a strict environment that if they did so. one thing wrong, they feel like yeah. I will I, be shamed. Like, I definitely think so. I think, I mean, shoot, we could have an entire episode on the different levels of Christianity. In particular, the Baptist faith is hardcore. It is all, you're damned to hell if you do X, Y, and Z. So when you live that out not only in your life but you live that in your home and your family i mean you know grandma perry was not a gang she was by the book up and down that's how it was and she raised her family to be that same way like you don't you can't step out of this bucket it just is what it is when you think about all the kids it's like they all went through different versions of when they did go to church and when they didn't but none of them in my opinion strayed far from god they built personal relationships Mm -hmm. they didn't they may not have played it out in church um, and we had our own interesting dynamic as well because church and pastors were family. Like it, you know, it wasn't, like we were going to a different body of people and living it out that way. It was like our uncle, you know, was the pastor in the mom is in case for brother-in-law, you know, it's like, that's a whole another level of stuff. So I absolutely do think that when you feel, and when you're taught that God is a punisher, it's hard to dismiss that concept when you do feel like I'm in a struggle right now. You think, okay, well, if this is the only, and I remember being a kid and struggling with that, like this God person that you're talking about just doesn't seem accurate. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to be punished all the time for things. I do believe that he is asking me to live by his word. And I I do understand that, but I also believe that he believes that he created me as a human and he knew that there was room for error. That's the point. The point is to make the choice. The point isn't to feel like I'm going to be, you know, punished or I'm going to be damned to hell if my brothers are wearing hoop earrings because I distinctly remember that sermon. I will never forget it. I will never forget mm-hmm. Pastor Searles being on the pulpit and pointing out Al Naaman and being like, Men who wear hoop earrings, damn to hell. This is the same man that I literally told you I was enjoying the sermon. And he heard one word out of what this woman said that had nothing to do with anything else. And he's like, you know what they, what she meant by that. And what, oh my gosh, I'm, I have to remember. But it was like, you know what she meant by, you know, that bad love. It was gay people. And I literally was like, 
huh? Like how, how did we get here? How do we get here? So it's like this same man lives out this concept and lives out these ideals that to me are off. They are way off the deep end, but how, why wouldn't you be terrified all the time? You know, it's like, well, of course I get why you have anxiety. And of course I get why you're stressed out because you think not only do I have to live in today's world as a person with my family or my husband and whatever and try to do right by them, but I got to do right by God. And that feels like so much pressure. And I'm like, I don't think it's supposed to be like that. I really no, it's, ab- it's absolutely not. And that's where I'm just at right now is turning off the, the things that sticked with me that made me feel like I will be condemned or I would be mm-hmm. punished and I'm like, that's not the God I serve. Exactly. The God I serve, it was a, he's a, and this is not to turn this into a spiritual thing no, or anything. but it's part but, of our conversation. Right. I, you know me, I, my relationship with God is very important to me. Right. Very, very, very important to me. But those are my, my relationship. Exactly. And he's a forgiving God. He's a Agreed. merciful. They forget to tell you those things. Right. When they're telling you about hell and whatever else. You know what I mean? Like you have to go and seek that information on your own, but you're not going to receive it if you don't have a relationship. So you have to build a relationship. And the way that I build my relationship is through prayer. Yep. And I definitely want to get into the Bible, but those are steps that I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to get. But I was just like, I just been so scared for so long of, I'm going to be punished for the things that I did wrong, you know? And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know what they talking about because the God I serve, he ain't here to punish me. And he's definitely not here to punish my kids. Right. He's not here to, to cause us harm. And yeah. I kid you not, I've received, you know, them little notification or, you know, the Bible scriptures oh, yeah. and they're in there. He goes, I'm not here to harm you. Right. And sure. like, you have to take, like, people love to take what they want from the Bible to of use course. it to their advantage. And I get it. But at the same time, I think people need to understand that that's why people are straying away because you make it so scary. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's a beautiful thing. That's true. I mean, that protection right there, let me tell you, is something different. I completely agree. But that's the thing. But I still want to be able to throw on my Nipsey Hustle. Um, I discovered a new song today that's not new, and it's changed my life. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, you think you can listen to this type of music or you can indulge in this and indulge in that. And I'm like, I don't think that's the case. Like you're supposed to be able to live life and enjoy it. Um, But of course, like we were just saying, it's about your heart. Right. So anywho, I think some of my mental issues come from there. Cause like I just said, my relationship is super important. And then the pressures that they put on there, it will drive you crazy. Absolutely. So it's also making sure that my relationship is straight. Right. With the way that, it needs to be agreed. Minds. Yep. So it's just crazy to think about. Like, no, it. it she might not have been a hypochondriac. She just had, like you said, some she's emotional really struggles. Like, but in sure. my mom, for my mom, her story is she remember her mom always being sick. Well, and that's or right. thinking she was sick. Right. Thinking something was wrong. Right. And we, it's a, we joke about it, but the reality is, is we were raised with two very different moms. Right. Katie was a different mom to Rishi than she was to me. And I think you're talking about Rishi's the first of five kids and I'm the fourth. And there's an age difference. Of course, of course, you can get a different person. So, of course, her experiences are valid. I can't deny that. That might have been a thing for her. And I wouldn't put it past her. I certainly wouldn't. Um, But again, I was dealing with, and you too, we were raised with a different mom and grandma. Like she just was in a completely different face in our life. And I do think when you 
mask things with alcohol and you know, at one point she was smoking a lot of cigarettes. To me, that's pure cover up. You just trying to suppress what you really need to be dealing with. So mm-hmm. what may have been playing out emotionally for her on the front end, by the time we came through, she just needed to shut down. And she lived a lot of life at that point. I mean, we're talking one, two, three. We on daddy, baby daddy number four, <laughs> you know, it's like, and those stories were insane about the men that she chose. And it's like, I can't. One was a hit man. Right. It's like, can't, can't even fathom this and not for nothing. You know, my dad was around, but he certainly wasn't a walk in the park. Like, he, you know, he had his own struggles as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, was loved for and respected for being like, I'm going to be the one to hold down the fort. Like, that's fine. I'm willing to do that, which I will always love about him. But yeah, it's like, I can't imagine. And I've found myself thinking a lot about things that I was really upset about with my mom. And again, we can have a whole podcast on relationships with our mothers in particular and things that I didn't think I could forgive as a kid, as an adult. Now I'm like, I totally understand. You know, it's crazy. It's like being an adult living life. And you're like, Oh, I get it. Right. I, I get why you did the things that you did. And I no longer harbor like anger. You know, it's like, it's okay. Like I totally, totally understand. And you don't get it until you grow up. And I feel like everybody says that they're like, ah, it changes when you're an adult, it changes when you're a mom and you understand what it means to raise kids. Like mm-hmm. you can be a little bit more sympathetic to what your mom may have done right. Or maybe didn't do right. You're like, ah, okay. I get it. At least I get it. Some things we'll maybe never understand, but Yeah. I mean, good conversation, Tracer. Very good conversation. So let me throw this in there because I was listening to State of the Culture today. It's a it's a podcast. It's a show with Joba and Remy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they have two other hosts on there. Um, But they were saying something to the point and I can't remember their exact words, but they were saying how like black women are superheroes. Mm-hmm. And how we have this thing, like they think that we get the job done. Like all in all fails, we know that black women get it done. Even when it came to the election. Sure. Even when it comes to just holding down the household and right. things like that. So then it made me like step back and was like, if I start talking about my mental struggles, mm-hmm. am I removing my cape as a strong black woman? Nope. In fact, I think you're adding buttons to it you know you get decorated you get decorated by what you wear as far as our military shout out to all the veterans we were just celebrating veterans today Mm -hmm. i think you get to add like stripes or buttons because the reality is is not a single woman who feels like they're holding down the fort doesn't experience those levels of anxiety or those levels of depression or those levels of um, anger or sadness or whatever the case is and being open about it makes you stronger to me And I agree because I feel like we hold so much in and Mm -hmm. we suppress so much. And then we wonder why we are, you know, top ranking for dying of heart diseases and things like that. Because we literally die of heartbreak, so much stress. And we have to be able to know that we can talk about these things and still get the job done. Like we'll still handle our fucking business. Always. But give us a moment to process. And I don't want us to feel like we can't do that. So I right. do think like this is part of my calling. And maybe that's why I've been going through all of my battles. Because I have a voice. And I feel like it's a reasonable <laughs> voice when it's not in these rushed. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it, it, it's nice that I can laugh right. right now. I couldn't laugh at it. No. 
four days. <laughs> right. Right. But you come through it. Right. And like I said, it hasn't it far from my first one. I pray that it's closer to one of my many last ones. Sure. You know what I mean? But I was just and it was crazy for me to think, wow, I almost didn't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose this um not this persona, but I didn't want it to feel like, oh, another black woman struggling or here we go with this stuff. And it's just crazy because we go through a lot as black women as far as our kids, you know, the the social injustice. Right. You know, when a black man or whoever goes into black people going to get sentenced, we get longer and harsher sentencing. Right. And I was just thinking of all the different things that I can count with the black women in my life who are just battling different things. I have a a aunt whose her husband had kidney failure, you know, Um, my mom's going through it with my brother who's got a 25 year sentence. Um, She has a husband who's, you know, not in the best place right now. You know, it's just so many things that we battle that I'm like, my mom can definitely, I think she can definitely benefit from therapy but I don't think she'll go and get it and that's fine and that's fine because she finds it in in God right and and there's no better place and I can't tell her no but I'm just like huh but even if she had because she doesn't have a lot of friends right so I'm like even if she had a friend that she can go out and hang out with every now and again might be beneficial but we need not only a professional safe haven, but we need just a small circle that you can call and it's no judgment and it's not like, oh shit, yeah girl, her shit breaking down. Exactly. Told you that bitch wasn't that tough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know, because that's also another fear where we're just looking down on each other all the fucking time that you just feel like I got to make sure I'm, I'm better than you or you don't see me weak or you don't see me struggling. I'm yep. like, no, nah, that's not me. No. I struggle. I'm weak. Exactly. And that there is strength in that. Like, again, I think that that's so, it's just powerful in itself to be able to recognize that, that it is okay. And I also feel like too, you learn pretty quick who, even if you've had friends and whatever, you know, for 20 some years, I, I, there's still friends that I've had for those years that do not get parts of my life and won't ever. And I've learned that, you know, I've Mm -hmm. learned like, Every who actually one of my aces who I can't tell anything to has said every piece of information ain't for everybody. That's just how it is. There is no brush stroke. Like you can tell all 10 of your close friends and they're all going to handle it the same way. Wrong. Nope. So you need to figure out which ones are going to be the ones that I can say this to. Yep. And it doesn't turn into something else because, you know, I try to be that person for all my friends. I try to be the person where I'm like, I'm the last person to pass judgment because I don't feel like it's necessary. I don't. <laughs> we all are cut from so many different cloths and we, have so many things going on that the last thing I'm going to do is add some extra to you trying to share something with me that's vulnerable. So, you know, for me, it is, and you're right, having your tribe, having those people to talk to, but again, going through your journey and learning. Yeah, but see, are. now I'm not sure if I'm right somebody's tribe. I'm like, girl, you brought this upon yourself. <laughs> no, but that's, that's to say that you, honesty is super important. Well, yeah, because if I keep telling you, like, if you're going to just keep doing it, like, you know, that that dude was a dog. Right. And I, at some point, I'm not going to feel any more sympathy because I'm like, all right, well, we've been down this well, road multiple, right. multiple, multiple times. Sure. But, Some of us need to bump our head about 55 times before we get it. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm not one of those, but <laughs> and neither are you. So, but yeah, it's like, I get you, but you would, you still listen. You're saying that you like just stop listening to their stories. Cause that's not true. I can name a close family, relative friend. That's like, Oh, we've seen her be through a hundred thousand things, but it was great that you were I'm not, there. but I'm not listening to, um, hear you out. I'm just listening to respond. Oh, okay. <laughs> You come something I'm working. Yeah, I'm just like okay because I've heard the story so many times that that's fair. I mean, we all do it. So, totally get it. Totally I'm just waiting for you to shut up so like, I can tell you what so I really I can tell you again. <laughs> and each time I'm gonna pull off a layer that's right. not so nice and sweet. That's but so those important. are the things we have to work on because. That's true. If I keep talking about my struggle, this irrational fears that I be having, and I keep beating you in the head, eventually you're going to tune it out. Like, okay, sure. here we go again. Right. But to me, it's super important. And I totally get it. But And so here's my thing. I feel like if you are continuing to make progress, I'll always listen. If you've stopped making progress, that's when we're going to have to have a different little chitty chat where I'm going to be like, professionals only care because it's not like my words or my ears are not going to help shift right. the scenario right but it's like if that's with anything and anybody if you're continuing to make progress you want to continue to be there for that person and mm-hmm. every journey is different again it's never gonna be it's not a thing it's, it's never gonna be that and I think it's important too to just face the realization that our feelings will always be our feelings we're always going to be triggered by things it's how we deal with them. It is literally how we deal with them. That's the silver lining. It's I never going to be, oh, I'm just never going to feel like that again. Wrong. My coworker going to get on my damn nerve every day. <laughs> I'm going to go up and down every day where I'm like, I'm going to be nice to her to be like, I'm about to break her computer. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> just, just irrational extremes as well. That's what I experienced. So, yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to feel like this every day. I just need to figure out how to tame the feelings that's what I, I, I understand <laughs> oh, well, well shout out to michelle williams for yes. sharing her journey and opening up about it like i said girl you didn't lose none of your your cape nope. or anything you like tree said you gained some stripes and some badges and whatever else because it's super important that we talk about this and it's super important that we teach our youth that they can communicate with us yes. and talk to us about these things and that they're not crazy and they're mm-hmm. not just seeking attention. Right. They deserve absolutely for us to better ourselves so Agreed. we can better And face to face. Tajay and I love recording because we get to have these great conversations face to face. I officially will lose the battle of we should just do a remote and record <laughs> our thumbs. And Tajay was like, that's going to be really different. I'm like, no, it's not. It would be totally different. It is great to be able to feel each other's energy and to support mm-hmm. each other and be in the same room. And the same message to our youth too. Y'all stop hiding behind the social media. Log, oh get out in front of it. Have some real conversations because I bet you they look a lot different when you're face-to-face. So we will keep rooting for Chad and Michelle. We'll keep talking about it because they have a lot of um, other episodes that are coming up mm-hmm. in this season. And again, just shout out to everybody on their journey. We will, of course, be back next week to record. Anything else we want to add before signing off for the evening? Um, yeah, that social injustice bullshit, we coming for you. Because <laughs> we got to make sure that they know that th- that's still part of the reason why we started Huge this podcast. This. Yes. So we are definitely going to start tapping into that and trying to make sense out of 
that nonsense. So it's going to be a great show. I'm feeling really, really good about this podcast. And I feel like if we can just touch one person or just one at a time. Yep. I, I would be so pleased. And I think, actually, I know that we will. Um, one last shout out to all of the families and folks affected by the fires in California. Um, we are praying for you and hope that we can all collectively get it together so that everybody can rebuild. It's going to take a little bit of time, um, but we got to work together. So we'll make sense of that as well. Tune in next week for Make It Make Sense. We love y'all. Have a good night. Good night.